walk into a bar On a cool winter's evening underneath the stars And we'll find somewhere close we don't want to walk far Nor do we want the You're in the cool room. I'm Damien Gibson. And as usual, trying to distract me with some sort of shenanigans is David Griffiths. It's very mild shenanigans today. Um, yeah. You look a little tired. Was it a big night at the pub last night? It wasn't. We actually went to go to the old Mr Griffiths, which was the former bar that I had ah. last night. And almost walked in the front door and then turned around and went over the road to Hardiman's and had one beer there and then went home. So oh. it was a very Kensington kind of night. Yeah, so. very <laughs> She wrote a play called A Very Kensington Kind of Night. <laughs> it would be a very short play because you know, not much happens. Did you no, forget exactly. that you didn't work there anymore? It, it, it does happen occasionally. When I go to answer the phone at the Royal Mail, I still sometimes have a tendency to go, Mr. Royal Mail. <laughs> that, that, it just it does work just as a like personal greeting though as well, like Mr. Griffiths. It does. It does. It's true. No, no, it's, <laughs> I'm not here, sorry. It was always I, the weirdest. That voice you're hearing is Dan Hall, who we had a conversation with in the past, but he's revisited <laughs> us in the, the future. future. <laughs> um, it's been Christmas, Christmas time. Yeah, so uh, as far as my usual sort of like, oh, I went to a cool pub story is concerned, I don't really have any. Um, been- because it's all just been at houses. Basically, where I've been. So it's not, well, there's nothing to sort of review. I was at a lovely little place called my mum's place in Glenroy on Christmas Day. Uh, didn't drink anything. Whereas I did the opposite and opened the pub for my family on Christmas Day. So I didn't even have oh, a Christmas Day away from the pub. So, <laughs> much Are as I love the pub, I'm really looking forward to being shut on the 1st of January for a yeah, day. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? Sleep. Yeah, just lie on some grass in the backyard, I think, and just let the world, you know, let leaves fall off trees and scatter over my body. Jesus. And never get up. <laughs> and never get up again. Um, do you have some things that you want to plug in that's Royal Mail? I absolutely related. do. The ones I mentioned to you before we uh, pressed record. So we're bringing it to so you. No need to mention them again. <laughs> That's exactly right. So if you, you want guys to go back that and right? past. Yeah, that is not how podcasts work, Dave. And how many times I don't understand how they work, though. Because <laughs> I understand it. I just sit here and say things, and then magically they appear in people's ears a few hours later. It's like, you can't tell me that I understand basically these things. It. That's basically how it is. It's magic. It is. It's just... <laughs> So what's going on in the mail that people need to know about? Well, we're moving trivia from Sunday afternoons to Thursday nights. Starting Stop the presses. Ooh. Exactly right. This is great controversy because A, it means I have to admit I was wrong. Apparently nobody wants to do trivia on Sunday afternoons, so may I culpa on that one. Yeah. But come down on Thursday nights starting the 8th of January for our own immutable version of trivia, including Beastie Boys questions and various <laughs> other things designed to annoy the punters and amuse me. So... Uh, file that update away because one of the questions might be when did this trivia used to be? Absolutely right. Mm. Like that That's is a, itself good trivia. A very good trivia. Actually, we could start planning clues in the podcast to get <gasps> even more people listening. Oh, we, in, in, on Sunday <laughs> afternoon trivia, we used to have podcast related questions. But it wasn't particularly meaningful because we only had like two or three tables. Right. It, was, it wasn't really driving a spike in listenership, I think it's fair to say. And uh, this will be out before New Year's Eve, so are you doing anything yes, New Year's Eve? Yes, New Year's Eve we'll be having a spit roast, some delicious pork spit roast, and mm-hmm. our craft beer Lucky Dip, where you, for $10 you get to reach into the footy sock of craft beer happiness, <laughs> and you can pull out anything, including beers that are up to $90, $100 worth of value. So, uh, yeah, so a regular good. Owen got 
was it a sixty-five dollar bottle of yes, that's beer the other yeah, day? Yeah, you got the Sturken Donker from Boat Rocker, delicious Belgian ale aged in uh, barrels, I think, from Starwood Whiskey. Mm. And how much is it to enter the the raffle? The beer ten dollars, ten dollars for a lucky dip. So you can get dip. sixty-five dollars for ten dollars. Great value. Mm. To balance out the really expensive beers that are going in there, are there a few duds? Yeah. There, we do have the... <laughs> Might get like a fun size Snickers or something. <laughs> there's no, the Carlton Zero. So there's often as I'm going to the... Uh, <laughs> as I'm going up to the sort of benches at Dan Murphy's, you know, it's whatever's in the, in the barrier. Oh, there's a beer I've got to put in the sock. Because if they're Carlton all zero. worth more yeah. than $10, I've got to question the business sense. <laughs> oh, you know, no, no, you're quite right to question the business sense of the whole operation. I mean, you know, we're talking about a sock with maybe 120 different beers in it and only one of them is worth you know no money so <laughs> so it's a pretty good deal it yeah, is a you pretty good that. deal and really bad economics from the part. mine that brought you sunday afternoon trivia <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> that's exactly right um all right well i think we can wrap up the intro here uh thank you dan for joining <laughs> us in your own intro i'll speak to everyone soon seems to be the tradition now <laughs> that makes the intro pointless but anyway let's, and let's move on the social, we'll, we'll go through our socials very quickly again so dan your social media is at daniel john hall on twitter all one word uh and we're the call room on instagram uh Twitter. No, we don't have Twitter. No, we, don't have Twitter. And, we have Facebook. <laughs> and Facebook. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, we probably should. Uh, yeah, but ultimately, if you just type in the Core Room Podcast into into Google, we are the only thing that comes up under that name. So, <laughs> um, cool. Just Let's shout Call Room at your phone. Yeah. As loudly as you Siri, can. Call Room! <laughs> just out the window and see if somebody, one of your neighbours will find it for you and bring it around. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to our uh, conversation with Dan Hall. Must we? Yeah. And joining us today is uh, stand-up comedian, DJ... Writer and just good friend who's got me out of a lot of good scrapes, good scrapes, bad scrapes, good and bad scrapes, Mr. Daniel Hall. Hi. How are you, Daniel? Good. I would dispute stand-up comedian. Former at best, even that's a stretch, but we'll get into that. Man, I did lights for one of your stand-up shows. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. And, but again, lights is a stretch. You stood near where the light operating <laughs> console was. Actually, I, don't, I didn't do anything for your set. All I did was press play on a CD for Kieran's set, which That's was true. after yours. Yes. <laughs> but I was always there to see your set. Ambitions of you around a campfire with Damo holding the torch or something like that, <laughs> yeah. basically. I appreciated you being there. It guaranteed at least one audience member per night. There was, yeah. a, there was a period of time where I had no job and no prospects or anything, so any of my friends could rely on me to just show up to things that they were doing. Because what then, else is he doing? But then even then, a lot of the time I wouldn't show up, even though I had nothing else to do. (laughs) Hence why you had no prospects, presumably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. If I had shown up every day, maybe it would have led to something. But eh, if something better came along. (laughs) Or didn't. (laughs) Like bed. So we'll get to all the cool things that you do a little bit later on. But we have some traditional questions that we ask. 
I understand. Everybody. I am ready. You ready? Ready, willing, able. All right, cool. So where and when was I'm your not first... Ready. Shit. <laughs> go again. Go again. Objection. <laughs> Sustained. Oh, okay. How, how do I reword this question? Have you ever had a drink of alcohol? And if you have, sir, I put it to you. When? When, sir, did you have your first drink? And good. what was it? All right. Uh, my first drink of alcohol. And just to sort of clarify, because people sort of ask every time, this is not... If your parents gave you like a little sip of wine or whatever, little nip, little nip. it doesn't count. We're talking first high school. It's an embarrassing story that I don't like to tell. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so I won't. Next question. Uh, oh, no. no, I would have been. I didn't expect Dan to be so cagey. Yeah, he's, he's got secrets that we need to pry out of him. Let's see. I would have been. I'll say roughly 15, 15, 16 mm-hmm. at a friend's, a high school friend's house. He was having, I believe, it was a birthday party. Uh, this was the group that I mostly hung around with years 10 through like 12 they were kind of the the punk and metal guys at the school because i was like a massive nerd for the first years of high school and then like realized i'm a punk i listen to rancid and blink 182 but that's usually that's the that's the usual path to punk yeah i'm not pretending this is like a unique story because you feel like you're completely on your own and then you put one of those records on they're like i'm a fucking loser i hate the system you're like hey that's me i'm a loser I have negative opinions about things. (laughs) Oh, this is my world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So one of them had managed to get me a six-pack of Strongbow. Whoa. Strongbow cider. (laughs) Uh, Strongbow's first mention on the podcast, which surprises me that we've gone this far without anyone. Massive in my teen years. Uh, I think because they had that real, you know, apple-y, cider-y sort of taste. Yeah. So they were like a transitional drink from drinking primarily soft drink apple juice into beer. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like yeah. I could just drink this like I'm drinking an apple juice, but it's alcohol, so I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to be liked. Wanted past tense. Um, <laughs> I'm having you turn that around. <laughs> And the guys, this sort of slightly older crew, were like, have another one, have another one. So I drank the whole six-pack in. It was probably under half an hour. Whoa. Yeah. And that is not good on, you know, a 16-year-old stomach that's not used to drinking. That's not good on anyone's stomach at all. It's just not good. No. Stop. (laughs) And my most vivid memory of the period (laughs) after that is... (laughs) Sort of waking up or coming to in the bathroom of that friend's house. Oh, that's not good. Noticing that there was kind of, you know, brown sort of patches on the floor area around the toilet and being genuinely really concerned that someone had tracked mud into his bathroom. Oh, my God. And I remember telling him, Sean, Sean, someone's... Someone's tracked mud into your bathroom. <laughs> Just because there was brown stuff around the toilet, what else could it be? In the my innocence defense, of 16-year-old yeah. Dan is something that I, uh, that I think is beautiful. In my defense, we can... Even when infer- you're super drunk, you're still a super nice guy. <laughs> we can infer super from context. <laughs> I had made it to the toilet. Ooh. To be fair. <laughs> no, well, that's, no, that's good. Because a lot of people wouldn't have. Yes. Uh, and that is... I still feel ashamed to this day. Sean, if you're listening, I'm sorry. He's not listening. We haven't spoken in years. Nice guy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, always a nice guy. I haven't spoken to him since that day. Yeah. Since the mud incident. Yeah, yeah. real sudden drop-off in communications. Yeah. 
Uh, bathroom, yeah, bathroom <laughs> cleanups is a horrible side effect of having a fantastic night. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a good friend of mine. I don't know whether to out him on the podcast or not. But, is it me? Uh, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. How many good friends have you got, Damo? I've this got quite a, a few. Yeah. Yeah, which is surprising considering how much of an arsehole I've been <laughs> over the years. <laughs> the people have stuck around. Uh, this was my sister's 21st birthday and uh, it, it, David. And uh, not this David on the podcast, another David. And David got, David got so drunk that he stayed over. And I put that in, in inverted commas because we couldn't move him. He's such a big dude. He just fell asleep under the table in the El Fresco area out the back. <laughs> and then I went to bed and woke up. How did up. El feel about that? Huh? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, woke up to the sounds of uh, what sounded like someone watching The Exorcist uh, in mum's bathroom. And then my mum... Loudly knocking, rapping on the door, like, Damien, get the. This is the first time she'd sworn around me ever. Get the fuck up and go and clean up your friend's mess in the bathroom, and then walked oh. into the bathroom. And it was legitimately exorcist level of vomit. No. Dripping off walls, <laughs> mirrors. Uh, it, it's like he stood in the middle of the, <laughs> the room <laughs> and just. just <laughs> <laughs> It took a good 45 minutes to clean the bathroom. Are you still in touch with this person? Yeah, yeah, no. Follow-up question, why? (laughs) I actually went to Tasmania to visit him quite recently. (laughs) What did you do to his bathroom? He doesn't drink anymore, which is probably probably why. Where was there left to go? I mean, once you've climbed the mountain. Yeah, he he clocked drinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is one of the least desirable bits of hospitality life is the cleaning up of the bathroom. Some people are clearly experienced vomiters and know what they're doing. Mm. And there are others who just walk Yeah, the real pros. Yeah, yeah. You know, excuse me for a couple of minutes, lads, and then come back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at worst, you've got, you know, got to clean the toilet bowl the next morning. No worries. Yeah. But there are other people who just looks like they've walked in, their heads exploded. (laughs) 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 If you can nail the vomit while you wee... Into the same drain. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's a, a that's a huge power move. Yeah, I that's. A, I don't know if I've ever. I don't know that I'd trust myself. I didn't no. you know. Just it does. It's not always something that's planned. Yeah, that you really <laughs> need to trust yourself to do. It's a good point. You don't stand there outside the toilets for ten minutes, just building up the confidence. You know, repeating okay. your affirmation exactly. to yourself. Exactly. So from nine thirty to ten thirty, I'm going to drink ten drinks, and then from ten thirty to ten forty-five, I'm going to vomit and pee at the same time. So like, it's, it's all, it all just goes into the same drink. The pee helps force the vomit down. Oh god. All right. So I know, what, <laughs> I, know what we, I know what the title of this episode is going to be. The P helps the vomit. Choker. Shouldn't have asked Dan to come. <laughs> I did not expect you to be the one that brought out all this kind of grossness on the podcast. But anyway, um, we've drunk some beers together in the past. True. Have you got into the craft beer thing over I, the last few years? I guess so. And the yeah. only reason I say that in that sort of uh, hesitant way is that I have trouble even defining that sometimes. It's yeah, beer mixed with wine, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, right? I've got that? It's, it's beer mixed yeah. with paste that you've been <laughs> paint on a wall. Oh, that's very crafty <laughs> of you. Beer that's been filtered through a craft single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a drink Ooh. coffee. <laughs> Toasty beer, yum. Um, yes, I guess so. It uh, is a little bit like the term indie music, though. Yes. It can mm. kind of mean... 
Because sometimes anything. you'll you'll discover a, a quote unquote craft beer and then look at the label and realize that it's you know it's from one of the big breweries they've just yeah. slapped a different label on it. Whereas sometimes they are genuinely independent from microbreweries and, and small batch breweries. Yeah, but it's a guy a, called Jeff with a bucket. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in a, in a general sense, yes, like mm-hmm. a craft beer. What do you remember the first one you would have had or? I couldn't tell you a specific date or place, but I remember getting really, really into like mountain goat for a period there. And I think it was because it was one of the first times I had discovered something that was not, you know, the beers your dad drinks on grand final day. Yeah. You know, Carlton drafts and and VBs Mm. that was actually pleasant to drink um, and readily available and telling myself like, oh, mate, you've, you've cracked it. You've cracked beer. You've discovered it. <laughs> Raving about it to people, then realizing very quickly, oh, this is everywhere. Everybody's known about this for years. Yeah. I've discovered nothing. I'm impressing nobody. Mm. That's like when I discovered David Bowie at the age of 24. <laughs> I never really listened to him before. And then all of a sudden was like, David Bowie's the best singer of all time. And everyone just looks at you like, yeah. Yeah, we know. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's <laughs> everywhere. It's like Coca-Cola. What are you talking about? Mm. It's like you just discovered Coca-Cola. <laughs> have you guys had this brown black drink before? It's just filled with sugar. It's amazing. You guys, you guys ever breathed in? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, where's your favorite place to have a drink currently? That currently is really is the key word there mm. because that's really evolved over time as my lifestyle has evolved. Yeah. You know, at, when you're younger, it's wherever's cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so $5 Cooper's Pale Stubbies at St. Jerome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only person who's mentioned St. Jerome's on this podcast now. I've mentioned it like three times. It's one of your regular touchstones. <laughs> it was a real, for a few years there, it was a real like meeting place. We met a lot of people. at St. Jerome's. True. Like we were introduced to each other at St. Jerome's. So Jerome's. I have a lot of fond memories of that mm. place because I've made some really good friendships there. Well, I used to work at Maya, which was on the same block, just around the yeah. corner from St. Jerome's. And so it was a really convenient uh, knockoff from work. I'm just going to go see if there's anyone I know at St. Jerome's. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay and have a beer before I jump on the train home. Oh, Damo's here. Yeah, quite <laughs> often there was someone I knew. <laughs> yeah. I see Damo's yeah. in his ass group over there. 96% of the time, the person that I knew there was Damo. <laughs> And, you know, $5 Cooper's Pails. Yeah. Was it $4 cans in Melbourne? I think so, but I always went the Cooper's because I couldn't couldn't stomach Melbourne. Yeah, but you had... And Cooper's has dirt in it, so you, you know it's good. You were Mr. Mm. Fancy Pants. I'm getting yeah. $5 Cooper's <laughs> yeah. grain. Ugh. Straight from Maya. Look at the yeah. old Munnington over here getting his $5 <laughs> well, Cooper's. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so currently... But that's moved on to anywhere that's got... that Like you can bring kids to. Yeah. Because I've... I, my, my life has evolved. You just I like to pick up some kids. kids on the way to the pub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just, they walk you right in. You get a really good table. <laughs> what happens to them once you get there? Not really my problem. Yeah, like- <laughs> um, so, you know, the standard is good for that. Some I'm drunk by the time the cops show up. So I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. And so you, you start looking for practical things like, is there enough space between tables for a pram? And, and that yeah. sort of thing. Is there a bit of space yeah. for them to run around? I like um, places that are clean enough to take your kids, but dirty enough that if they drop chips on the floor, no one's going to look sideways at you. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> it's a fine, fine line. line. It is. But when you find the right place, it's amazing. Um, like there's a place called the Stolberg in, uh, it would be Preston, I guess, Yeah. which is really just a, a matter of 
you know, a lot of space for the kids, you know, enough room for a pram near home. Yeah. It's on the tram line. Because you're out that way. Yeah, now. exactly. So it becomes a question of like comfort and convenience. Totally. But it seems like there's quite a few places opening up around the Preston area that are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, getting, like we uh, were out at Torboy and Moose a few, it's a few months ago now, but mm. uh, places like that are opening up around Reservoir, Preston. Yeah. Which, Raccoon is nice. Yeah? Yep. Is um, that just a bar on its own or bar brewery? Or? No, they're little uh, furry animals, bar. mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I always do there's, there's one that sits out in Thornbury Park. Yeah, have you seen <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? I have. Um, yeah, no, it's, just a, it's just a small bar. They don't do food, but there's a burger place right next door. And the, mm. the little beepy thing that they give you when you order a burger works in the bar. Oh, nice. They, they're close enough so you can just bring it on back, bring the burger mm. in. It's great. <laughs> um. What about in the past? We've already sort of spoken about Jerome's. Would Jerome's be? I mean, Jerome's was a shithole, though. So yeah, it was I have only really the people who were there. <laughs> yeah, I have fond memories of it, but that's entirely due to that time in my life, the people that I was drinking with. Yeah. Uh, I got kicked out of there once, which I don't think happened very often because you did. Would have been the a fear, standards of that place. Yeah. What did you do? Uh, there was a beach ball being bounced around outside. Yeah. It was quite a busy night and it went onto the roof and I climbed up a drain pipe to get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love I about that story? Up a drain pipe. <laughs> even, even, <laughs> even when you get kicked out of a pub, it's because you were doing something nice <laughs> yeah, you for people. <laughs> people were enjoying the beach ball. They were having fun. That's that's my favourite Dan story of all time. I didn't even know that had happened. That happened. Because I'd been kicked out of drones a lot. And I got a phone call <laughs> on the way home from a friend of the person who was managing the bar that night saying, basically apologising, please come back. Oh, really? <laughs> like, no, don't apologise for kicking me out. I was doing something really unsafe. You were doing your job oh as a Oh, my God, then you were even nicer to <laughs> the person who kicked you out of the pub. <laughs> I was already on the train. Um, I do have fond memories of the townie in North Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. So I used to live in North Melbourne, quite close to Queensbury Street. You know, the decent beer selection, reasonably priced. Yeah, we would meet up there quite a bit. Yeah, when when we both lived in the area. Yeah. Uh, I remember going in one night and they were just playing the Gaslight Anthem nonstop. Mm. So that was massive tick. There's no. It's it may be the most laid back pub. Yeah, I think in so. Melbourne. Good veggie burger too. Yeah, the food is good there, but Johnny's such a. I don't know how to describe Johnny, the guy who owns the townie. Like, he's... Very relaxed. Yeah, 100%. He's just... Uh, his personality is infused with that pub. Like, that pub sure. has become mm. a part of him and him a part of that pub. That's sort so, of what you want. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. With that sort of uh, Sam Malone at Cheers, you know, the guy is one with the place. Yeah, you just feel 100%. Mm. Well, I do anyway. I just feel 100%. Because it gives you an emotional with. connection with the place. Yeah. You want it to do well. Yeah, which sort of more and more with sort of bigger hospo organisations buying a lot of pubs around town, you sort of do get that cookie-cutter vibe of... Yeah. Yeah. Or different people there every other day, and so you never actually get yeah, to know exactly. anyone or them know you. Mm. Uh, overseas, do you have a... Fa- this is sort of a bit more of a difficult question, but... Is it's been a while overseas? since I've been overseas. Mm. I do have really good memories of drinking with my brother in a pub in Edinburgh when I was there for the festival mm. a few yeah. years back. This was years ago before I had kids or anything like that. Yeah. I was visiting my brother who lives in the UK. We'd both gone to Edinburgh. For a little while I was there by myself though. He had to work for a bit. Right. So he sort of suggested, find you a room. 
you can just go and see shows and, and I'll, I'll see you in a day or two. Yeah. Which was really fun, actually. I was just wandering around mm. Edinburgh and saw a few, like, fringe shows that I just took a chance on. It was really yeah. fun a couple of days. That would have been amazing. Mm. Yeah. So, you're just, just wandering myself. around and then when someone handed you a fly, you're like, yeah. cool. I didn't I'm have in. a ton of money. Right. So, I wasn't going seeing, like, the big acts, but yeah. someone would give me, you know, a you get a half-price flyer because they don't have a lot of people in that night. Like, yeah, sure, why not? Saw some good stuff. That's awesome. Um, and then Ooh. when my brother joined me, we went drinking at a pub. I could not tell you the name of it. So that's a, a really a key detail in this <laughs> that I'm missing. But it's is that, there's only the one pub in Edinburgh, isn't there? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to that to the pub in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If you're in Edinburgh, go to the one pub <laughs> go and to say the, Dan Samuel. Aussie Dan. But what I remember is the vibe, like the atmosphere of it. You're sitting yeah. there in a building that's probably the oldest one you've ever been in. Yeah. Because it's such Coming an from Australia, old yeah. city. Yeah. You know, it's... The, the buildings have so much character to them and I just mm. really enjoyed that vibe. Mm. The whole city is like that because you, you step out of the train station and there's a giant bloody castle. Like, you think of castles mm. being in, like, yeah, in the fields middle of in the middle yeah. of nowhere. But no, it's, it's right next to the train station, <laughs> which makes sense because the city would spring up Around yeah, the castle around over the time, yeah, when you exactly, think about it. Yeah. But it's sort of an anachronism. Mm, and totally. You don't get that sort of thing in Melbourne. Mm. No, we're not big on castles. Crow Castle <laughs> is a very different kind of thing. And, yes. And nowhere near a train I'm station. I'm not sure that we're having any raves <laughs> at <laughs> Edinburgh Castle. How old is Crow Castle? Oh, 20, 30 years old, I imagine. That's all. I, I, I mean, I know it's built, not an ancient castle. I reckon castle, it's been built that. in my lifetime. Yeah. I could yeah. not tell you. <laughs> I've got no idea. One of my favourite memories, well, we're touching on Crow Castle and raves and so forth, is that when I used to oh, work, let's. when I used to work in alcohol and drug rehabilitation and stuff like that, yeah, that we went and opened a drug rehab facility in a house, sort of in the fields within eyesight of Crow Castle. <laughs> That's amazing. And I just, you know, because it was supposed to be a nice, peaceful setting for people to sort of go and, you know, dry out and become back to their normal selves. And I was just like, I could just have visions of all these people streaming out of raves at Crown Castle on a Monday morning. <laughs> you know, straight into, straight the, into the rehab into <laughs> You weren't using the castle as a kind of tough love tool. Like I, if you, well, if you relapse, it's straight into the Iron Maiden. <laughs> Guy has a one last long drag on his cigarette just to get that last little bit of the ecky in his system out of it. Just... Right, okay, I'm just going to walk across the fields. <laughs> Dave's re- that's what it was called, right? Dave's Rehab Yeah, Dave's Rehab Center. I can't even remember the name of it, actually. <laughs> that is pretty ironic, though. <laughs> um, this question's sort of more designed for people who work in hospital and that sort of thing. But Glad you've I'm done, here. <laughs> you've done, have you ever worked in hospital? It was more retail, nope. right? I was always a retail guy. Yeah. God, I don't know if I could do retail. I couldn't anymore. There's a reason. Yeah. What, did you, what did you sell at Myers? <laughs> Cameras. Ah, was there a little camera storeroom that's sort of the equivalent of the, uh, yeah. the of the cool room to the, you know? Uh, there was, and the most interesting thing we ever discovered there was blatant theft. Oh, <laughs> just when you <laughs> that makes it sense. sounds like many a cool room. Yeah, <clears throat> when you would find just like you know packages from uh, memory cards and things like that, small things that you could easily yeah. pocket, just you know shoved behind a cabinet. Wow. Yeah. Like more than once, like a pile. So it's like this is a, a <laughs> it's organized memory card, you know, crime. Yeah. The old Christmas casuals, like you know, yeah. give me six shifts. We'll see. I'm going to take seven hundred, pretty <laughs> much two hundred meg. <laughs> uh, what are they called? Memory cards. Memory cards. We yeah. just said that word. Um, 
What, have you seen anything strange or weird in my a pub? My favourite cool Even just room. as a punter. My favourite cool room memory is actually of me just as a customer trying to buy some takeaway alcohol uh, in, you know, some pubs have the little the takeaway mm. shop front yeah. attached. Going into one of those and the cool room was in the basement. It was under the floor. Oh, so wow. you couldn't go in there. You would tell the guy what you wanted and he'd pop down his little ladder and, and, yeah. and bring it back up. And as we walked into into the, the bar area or the, the service area, he was just finishing up something and coming up from under the ground. So he, there, he was not there for a moment. <laughs> we didn't see the open trapdoor for a moment. And then this like, you know, I don't want to say scary looking guy because it sounds like an insult, but just... A little wild, yeah. like sort of stringy hair and massive beard, <laughs> appeared from within the center of the floor. And there was some electronics kind of around the edge of the of the trapdoor, I'm assuming to do with whatever security and refrigeration yeah. uh, situation Ooh. is yeah. going on there. Yeah. So the whole thing had a slightly sci-fi <laughs> vibe. So the floor was sort of a silvery gray. Release sort of, the barman. <laughs> well, this, yeah, this guy emerged with his sort of wild hair and beard. <laughs> and so I just blurted out, so did you fix the hyperdrive, Chewy? <laughs> <laughs> did he serve you? He, I thought that he might laugh. We'd have this shared moment of like pop cultural referencing, yeah. break the ice. Yeah. Appropriate for a cool room. Yes. Uh, but he just <laughs> stared at me. He did serve us, but he clearly wasn't that enthused <laughs> The thing is, he's probably been behind that bar for 10 hours. Yeah. Mm. So he, he, he wasn't wild and hairy when he came to work. He'd <laughs> <laughs> have been a long, long shift. That morning. Yeah. Your hilarious quip, though, is just, it's just washed over him. Yeah. Maybe the next day he might have been like, yeah. like an, yeah. <laughs> told, told a friend about What, he's it, got but... some time for nonsense. <laughs> um, so before... Uh, you moved into TV writing. You were a stand-up comedian. Sort of. Um, where- <laughs> I only draw that. No, I make that distinction because mm. I have friends who are stand-up comedians. They devote a lot of time to it. They really put in the, the, the groundwork to kind of build a career at it. So for someone like myself who more dabbled, did a bit of stand-up, moved into other things. Mm. Like I'm a writer who tried stand-up for a bit. Yeah. I think to use that that title, stand-up comedian, slightly disrespects that that first group. Mm. But we'll say I did stand-up for it. But you were really good. Mm. I oh, thank you. You were. Yeah. I, I know. Those, you. I appreciate. I know it. those friends <laughs> that you're talking about. You were much better than them. Ooh. Ooh. They don't listen to this, do they? <laughs> Not, Not now. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love all of you exactly equally yes. in every way. I, I, I just wanted that disclaimer in there because no, I'm, I get what you're saying because mm. it is that sort of thing of like. You're not saying, I'm saying it, but it is that sort of thing of like, um, yeah, you're using a term that, you know, stand-up comedians, like, that's our term. You can't just walk in and say you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah, you don't want to be one of those people who does like two five-minute open mics and is then all, I'm a stand-up comedian. Well, you know, the thing about stand-up. hanging out with my good mate Will Anderson, (laughs) who I know from (laughs) stand-up. Well, having said all that, where was your favourite place to... To do stand-up, or was there a particular sort of setup that you enjoyed? I like Spleen. Yeah. Mm. And that's largely from having some good experiences there, like good crowds, got some good laughs. Uh, The person who was running it, Steel Saunders, uh, was always really generous with, um, you know, giving me spots and, and, you know, being pretty supportive and friendly, which can make all the difference when 
when the people involved are good people. Mm. Um, I remember having a really good conversation backstage with, you know, Oliver Clark. I did know Oliver Clark. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't decided whether I wanted to be introduced as Daniel Hall or Dan Hall. Yeah. And it's the most trivial thing, but when you're starting out doing stand up, you sort of have to make these decisions <laughs> early on because you yeah. want to be consistent. And he, he, he understood the importance and took the time to have a really good conversation with me yeah. about it, sounding it out like Daniel Hall. Dan Hall. It's good. Good I memories. What did you land on? Dan Hall. You did go with Dan Hall. Sounds punchy. Mm. Dan Hall. Dan Ladies Hall. and gentlemen, Dan, Dan Hall. Hall. Exactly. See? Yeah, Daniel Hall's got that one extra Too many L's. Daniel yeah. Hall. Daniel Hall. Too many L's. Mm. Mm. No, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. What do you think makes a good space in general for for stand-up, like the actual space itself? The space itself, in terms of like physical, logistical things within the room, it's yeah. tough to say. Size is is of huge importance mm. um, because that was a room. Spleen was a room that was quite narrow yeah. um, but would get really busy because they got big names and that got a little bit awkward. Yeah. But, yep. you know, you can't. Can't blame a room for becoming successful. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid room. Being really God good and having good comedians. Being narrow. Why don't you make yourself wider? Yeah. There's a room at Spleen, but that's really good. You don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, they, they deal with those things over time. Um, good sound. I mean, there's technical things that you want to make sure you get right. A mm. lot of it's just the people, though. Yeah. You know, if the people organizing it and booking it and the MCs... Are good. Uh, are good and supportive, then that's, that just makes all the difference. Mm, fair enough. Um, you write for a claim kids show, TV show. Correct. The Deep. BAFTA the nominated. BAFTA nominated. Is that, I didn't, Correct. I didn't yeah, see that did in my research. research I, well, I did do some. I didn't see that. Not though. BAFTA winning. Let's not go yeah. crazy. Yeah, but that's, that's, no, yeah, I'm, I'm learning this on the podcast. It so goes, I'm like it's this real Dan, joy for my Dan friends. Told me, Dan told me that about 30 seconds ago while Damo, you were downstairs. So that's oh, doing I, whatever it is you do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was for the show. It was for the show as a whole, not for one of my episodes. Right. But um, I'm part of the team. I'm in the mix. That's so fantastic, I'll, take, I'll put it on my LinkedIn. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, yeah. Tell us how you got involved sure. in all of this. Uh, an old writing partner of mine, so a person I used to do a lot of, um, you know, plays and some work with schools and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor, who's now a pretty successful comic book writer. Very successful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's doing all right. Um, to the point where I'll buy a comic sort of not realizing that Tom, I mean, a lot of the time I do know that Tom has written them. Sure. But from time to time, I'll sort of grab an old copy of something and be like, you're like, this is really good. And then flick back to the front cover and be like, oh, yeah. Tom wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> I've met that guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's great. His comics are, are generally really good. He mm. knows his stuff. Um, he co-created the comic on which The Deep is based and is the head writer of the show. Because we'd worked together in the past, uh, when it kicked off, he suggested that I put together a sample, which I did. And that went through a variety of gatekeepers, uh, production company and, and at the ABC. And that's a process I don't really understand. That was out of my hands. Yeah. Mm. But eventually that resulted in me getting some episode assignments and that just kept happening. How long did it sort of take? Like, did you put it in and then just sort of didn't hear months. anything? But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, just animation especially takes a long time to get off the ground. Yep. Yeah. And what, how does that process, because you, you said earlier that, you know, you write an individual episode. Yep. Are you doing that on your own or are you doing that in consult, 
like consultation I would get, with Tom or I get a brief synopsis of what they want the episode to be. Right. And this is usually something that Tom has prepared in conjunction with the producers and the script editor. Uh, and I will turn that little synopsis into a scene breakdown, just a, mm-hmm. a prose version of the script, scene by scene. This happens, this happens, this happens. Mm-hmm. That will go for notes, and then there'll be three more rounds. So a right. first draft, Ooh. a second draft, and then a polish. Right. Notes in between each. Yeah, and you're getting yeah, and obviously you get notes each time you send yeah. something off. And the notes come from a variety of sources. There's, you know, a lot of a lot of voices in the mix, which is just how these things work. Mm. Um so that that process can be quite drawn out. An episode can take months. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. It's I'm enjoyable. still blown away by the BAFTA nomination. So what happens? Has that already happened? Or the awards ceremony has happened. We did not win. SpongeBob SquarePants won <laughs> our Sponge, category. SpongeBob. Yeah. If a day goes past, Damo, where you don't say that. <laughs> SpongeBob. Podcast, <laughs> podcast is largely a medium for you to rail against your arch nemesis. SpongeBob SquarePants. He is my arch nemesis. Stupid pants. That was stupid square my body. pineapple under the sea. <laughs> yeah. What was my pineapple, man? You know that. You were there. <laughs> you know what happened. Um, now, outside of your TV writing, and mm-hmm. obviously very good at that, you do some DJing these days as well. On and off, sure. Yeah. Um, you do corporate stuff? I have done some corporate stuff. Got a few weddings coming up. Ooh, Ooh. that's where the money's at, my friend. Oh, you know it. Yeah, I do know it. I'm going to start getting, I've got one, I've got to learn how to DJ. And then two, <laughs> two, two I've got to start have some putting. friends who get married. <laughs> Do you know some songs? I know, I know some songs. There you go. That's step one. They're all Beatles <laughs> songs though. <laughs> There's probably a very specific theme wedding for which you would be the perfect DJ. Yeah, then. mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all we need to do is get Damo a girlfriend. Oh, God. <laughs> we need to not... all get scuba suits so we can have the ceremony in an octopus's garden. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Hey, I thought you were going to go pineapple under the sea. <laughs> going, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> SpongeBob is not allowed at my wedding. <laughs> all right, everyone into the yellow submarine. <laughs> oh, that's, this is a, can you play my wedding for me? This is sure. amazing. If I find a girl who agrees to all this, I have to marry her, whether I like her or Deal. like her or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are the what are the worst things about those corporate gigs? Are there anything? It is the moment where you realise you are not the right choice. <laughs> where the, the music that you know and love that you can spend hours and hours, you know, riffing on. Yeah. Uh, Building, building a vibe, building a tone, building a rhythm is just not the music they want to hear. Right. Uh, I'm not big on uh, really housey, dancey electronic stuff. Yeah. It's just not, not my vibe. Uh, and I, I do vividly remember a corporate where that's kind of all they wanted. Right. Mm. And I had been asked at really, really short notice because another DJ... Uh, was lined up to do it and injured himself quite suddenly at yeah. the last minute. So I got a phone call. A DJ-related injury? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh, that's disappointing. I, was hoping <laughs> I know. That. Oh, they have he got been, his finger stuck in a turntable. There have been quite a few, though. Uh, there's, a, there's a Melbourne indie DJ foot curse that remind me to, to go into that after this story. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Injured himself quite suddenly. I got a call at the last minute. Can you go and do this gig? It's here's here's the uh, here's the address. Here's the time. So I rushed off to do it, which basically meant I just had the CDs and things 
that were already in my boot from a previous gig. Right. So it was a lot of Motown and soul stuff. It was some classic rock, some indie rock. Awesome. Yeah, and they were just like, play Psy. This was at the height of, you know, Gangnam Style fever. Play it again. Play it again. (laughs) So I was just, I was just wasn't the right fit. Gangnam Style, the equivalent of, you know, playing Rawhide in, you know, the Blues Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just like, we got both sides, country and western. Sometimes it's hard to be a woman. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) What is this indie? DJ Footcurse, which is the name of my new band, oh, can I say? I, who I love. There by is the way. over the last couple of years, there have been a surprising number of injuries, DJ related injuries, as in they happen on stage or while yeah. setting up. Right. To the while setting up, yeah, to the foot or lower <laughs> leg of yeah. Melbourne DJs. Do you want to give <laughs> us some example? I know you heard. Yourself. I personally broke my foot just dancing. Just doing a particularly energetic <laughs> leap and then land. Uh, I had landed <laughs> my foot kind of at a 45 degree angle to the floor rather right. than flat on the floor. Right. And so the fifth metatarsal, which is the bone on the outside of your foot that connects yeah. to your little toe, took all of my weight, which it's uh, not really designed to do uh, when you're coming down with that kind of force. Yeah. Uh, and so I sort of had to finish out the set as best I could and then... The next day was sort of lying to myself. It's not broken. It's just bruised. It's just a bit sore. Yeah. Uh, then eventually went in for an x-ray uh, and got the funny x-ray technician who came into the room with the... I think you've hurt your funny bone. Yeah. <laughs> and by you that, I'm in your fifth minute yeah. castle. <laughs> you want the good news or the bad news? Oh, oh, oh. I'll take the good news, I guess. Good news is it's not my foot. Oh, oh God! Thanks, buddy. Boo! I'll <laughs> have a laugh about it. Um, but at, there's a separate time I hurt my foot. Didn't break it; just a bruise that was fine after about a day. Uh, but just setting up, like moving a table where the leg became detached from the tabletop. So yeah. I picked up the tabletop, mm. and then the leg, which was quite a heavy metal pole, yeah. just fell straight onto my foot Jesus as it separated. <laughs> There's been broken feet. There's been sprains. Yeah, it's 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 strange. It's weird. Wow, mm. this sounds more dangerous than wrestling. Absolutely. <laughs> sure, let's say but, that. I'm going to watch DJs. I'm just going to go here next time. I'm somewhere where DJs play. I'm just going to go up and stare at their foot yeah, for I'm an hour or so. Uh, I'm not going to dance myself and no. watch the DJ. Like, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh no, they're okay. I think Ted, uh, Rasmataz Ted, yep. may have broken his foot. In similar circumstances. Well, I was I'm a little bit talking out of school here. I, I, I haven't confirmed the exact cause with him. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Andrew McClellan, who is you know, the head man at uh, Mr. McClellan's finishing school. Correct. The titular Mr. McClellan. Uh, I'm surprised that he hasn't done himself some sort of nasty injury with the amount of... Well, I didn't specify who it was that uh, injured themselves and sent me to this corporate gig. Oh, oh. that was Andrew. I, I thought it might have been. It may have been Andrew. <laughs> That's right. We've got a lost episode that Andrew is on, so I'm sure he won't mind us mentioning him on the podcast. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Andrew McClellan. Well, I don't know if he's a friend of the show at the moment because we lost his episode. But anyway, we'll work that out. That's fine. Um, Yeah, so just getting back to the... (laughs) We'll cut all of that out. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The... What's on your little screen there? (laughs) So the... the (laughs) Punch us up some questions, don't I? Um, Let's riff. Just getting back to the date, there's been, so it's obviously quite successful. There's been 
uh, two like series so. so far. Correct. Will there be a third? Can you yes. can you give us a sclusi? Uh I don't know that it's exclusive. Nah, we're calling it exclusive. Is that actually this a is word? A- <laughs> <laughs> sure for exclusive. Yeah, yeah no, exclusive. I, 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 I can say. I'm just wondering if anyone's ever used it before. No, I don't know. It's an Ockhamism, I think. Is it? I is that where I got it from? I mean, he's he's been a massive influence on the podcasting world. I think you can get away with that. It's, I basically only listen to Earwolf podcast now, so <laughs> it's not surprising that Scott Ockerman's vocabulary has morphed into I mine. I find myself falling into Paul F. Tompkins-isms every now and then just from having listened to so many but podcasts. Something like, oh, that's true. He says that a lot. <laughs> that's also oh, true. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, you're listening to our Comedy Bang Bang <laughs> Review podcast. <laughs> Uh, so there will be a third. There will season. be a third uh, season. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And you'll be running on them. I've done a little, little, little bits and pieces. Fantastic. And this time you're going to beat that square pants challenge. Oh, mate! I'm, we are coming for you. Yes. <laughs> this, this time it's all you about revenge. Uh, a lot of sort of reality TV. I haven't done that for ages, just because I think, I think everybody's appetite for that <laughs> ran out. There was a right. couple of years there where it was. Everyone would jump it. on the hashtags and let's make some jokes about MasterChef and then Twitter just moved on to be like about the fate of the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Presuming that the fate of the world is about Kim Kardashian or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. is. Sometimes. Probably Sometimes. is. Well, she, she has gone to the Oval Office and like agitated for real change with Donald Trump. Like That's she's true. played a yep. role. And her, is, her bum broke the internet once. I read that. Yeah. That sounds like an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants I could get into. SpongeBob. She pulled um, a real wreck at Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything you want to plug or? Uh, just the deep when it comes back. Um, there's other stuff I'm working on, but nothing that's in the public sphere mm-hmm. as yet. And what were your socials again? Sorry. At Daniel John Hall on Twitter. And that's it? That's basically... I have an Instagram, but it's just like photos of my kids, ah, friends right. and stuff. It's not something that I'm like, you know, if you like the deep, come and look at a photo <laughs> of a kid doing ballet. <laughs> but your kids are so cute. They are adorable. And that's me saying that. I don't really like kids. You don't do. Your kids. But sometimes and you just kid. want to get a good seat at the pub. I basically like three kids. Two of them are yours <laughs> and one of them is yours. And that's about it. <laughs> Quality um, over quantity. Exactly I right. I always say. All right, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the no podcast, problem. man. Thank you for having really me. really appreciate it. And uh, we'll wrap it up there. This is fun. <laughs>